Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. The Adam Crowley Show. You know, I'm out on the sideline begging for the ball or making statements like you guys make. I'm pissed off. We lose him. We but suck. You just tied the game. James Conner just tied the game. <laughs> If you're paying attention to the brackets, you know there's been some upsets. The biggest one so far, the Crow Man over Colin Dunlap. Of course, we're talking about the Pittsburgh media bracket. And you know what? It ain't actually a friggin' upset. I'm better than Colin Dunlap. The signal might not be, but I am. Our white guy with specs couldn't be stopped. He hit nine straight threes. We didn't miss a foul shot. And next up, Jason Mackey. And boy, do I have dirt on him. <laughs> you think you love Mackey? Nope. You love the Penguins. He just writes about him. You found the Crowley Show where your mom and everybody listens, and you should too. 412-922-2874 is the number to call, or you can join the cast of dozens. Follow me on Twitter at underscore Adam Crowley. Brian LaMartina sitting across from me at a jam-packed, crowded Carson City Saloon for March Madness. Shirtless Tom back in the studio. Check them out on Twitter at FBomber73, at ButtonPusher970, and please tell your kids, tell your wife, we're doing radio up in here. It is a great atmosphere here at the Carson City Saloon. All them games are on. Virginia is up against it. We will have our rise and up reports throughout the course of the next three hours. The Penguins last night, they lost, and then they won. That's right. That's how it went. Here's the deal. The Matt Murray discussion, it's allowed to be nuanced. Matt Murray let up a bad goal against the Flyers in the outdoor game, but he played well before that. He let up a bad goal against the Canes on Tuesday, but you know what? He played well before that. He let up a bad one last night, but he played excellent before that and after that. That right there, those bad goals, is to blame for three of the five recent games going to overtime that never should have gone to overtime. If you're looking for the constant, that's it. He does need to stop those pucks, period. Last night's goal was horrendous. But that being said, how can you hate on the guy right now? Use your mind. Use your eyes. He's got a 939 save percentage in the last 10 games. Let me put that in perspective. If Matt Murray were to have kept up the 939 save percentage over the course of the season, he'd win the Vezina Trophy. He's got a 953 save percentage in his last three games. If he kept that up for the course of the season, it would be one of the best seasons that a goaltender has ever had in the history of the National Hockey League. Sure, he's letting in a bad goal every now and again. And you know what? It can't happen in the circumstances. But he's also playing as well as he's played all year. And since December 15th, he has been one of the, if not the best goaltenders in hockey. And you know what? The team isn't really scoring around him. He's been put in a position to fail. If your quarterback throws a couple of touchdowns in a game, and then a couple more, and then a couple more, 
and they put up 50 points, but the defense doesn't stop anyone? And then the quarterback throws an interception at the end. Is it the quarterback's fault that they lost the game? Or is it the defense's fault that they lost the game? It's the defense's fault that they lost the game. Had the Penguins lost last night, a lot of people would have said, Matt Murray, what are you doing, man? How do you let that goal in? And they'd have been right to an extent. But if you're planning on winning one to nothing every single night, you're not going to win a lot of games. What are you, the 2000 Devils? Now, what are you, the Minnesota Wild the last two decades can't score a damn goal? These are the Pittsburgh Penguins. What do they do well? They score goals. What haven't they done well over the course of the last five games? Score goals. And we're going to blame the goaltender? Point is, there appear to be two factions. One that says Matt Murray sucks, and the other that says Matt Murray is great. It's okay that it's actually a little bit of both. I promise. Nuance is allowed. It's okay to think he's been very good, and then at times, there's been a little lapse. Here's the way I view it moving forward. Murray's allowed some bad ones. Murray's also made a lot of saves that you wouldn't think anybody would make. I tend to think that it's going to average out. Matt Murray's not a 939 save percentage goalie. He's also not the guy who's going to let in bad goals all the time. So what are you going to see from him? You're going to see him be a 920 goalie, which is great still. And he's going to be absolutely good enough to help the Penguins in their march to win the championship. Hashtag shirtless Tom, march of the Penguins TM. Matt Murray has done this on the biggest stage. Matt Murray, as a rookie, won two consecutive Stanley Cup championships. I tend to think that people in this town who know hockey ain't ripping Matt Murray today. I also think that people who don't know hockey but love hockey are ripping Matt Murray today. Case in point, I had a friend in college who's a Devils fan, and he would absolutely kill Marty Brodeur every time the Devils lost. I mean, are you kidding me? Do you know what you're watching? It's like when you kill the quarterback for every single loss, too. Is it the most important position on the ice? Yeah. Is it the most important position on the field? Yeah. But it's usually what somebody does when there's a lack of knowledge otherwise about the game. Matt Murray's been excellent. He needs to be better in the crucial situations. I think he'll average it out. It'll all be okay. 412-922-2874. Twitter exploded yesterday when Matt Murray did allow that goal because the Penguins blew a lead against Carolina and they blew one recently against Philadelphia. And you're thinking, oh, my God, it's three games in a row. They blew a lead. And you're right. But the Penguins are doing a lot of good things. A lot of good things. They outshot the Predators. They had the puck 56% of the time. They hit a few posts. Brian Rust hit the crossbar. Patrick Hornquist hit the crossbar. They didn't allow any odd man breaks, save for the Arvidsson shorthanded break. So that'll happen from time to time, but they've been much better in that area. They got into shooting lanes. They blocked 16 shots. They maintained good gap. I was watching Dumoulin all night, and... My God, I went from 6 to midnight. I mean, I was pumping that thing down there. The Penguins played really well, and yeah, they didn't score a lot. But don't you think that's going to come with Geno and Zach Aston Reese back and that trickle down? If they do all the little things right, right now, and then you add that superstar and that legitimate role player back in the lineup, don't you think that the habits will stay there, but you're only going to get better production? I do. 
the Penguins dominated a very good Carolina team that needed that game in the final 20 minutes the other night. Now, the Penguins lost tough nuggets. That's the world we live in. That's hockey. But they've played structured. They care. Think about Gensel and Rust in the cage and Crosby diving to knock a puck away with four minutes left to go in the game. They're engaged. Now, if they get the scoring punch back, they will absolutely, definitely take off. It starts with D with this group. I'm interested to see what's going to happen when Olimata comes back. When Olimata does arrive, and it might be on Saturday against Dallas, is Pedersen going to come out of the lineup? Because Pedersen's been great, and he's got that long stick, and if he's with good Branson, you can lay their sticks across the blue line. That's how good they can be together. That's how long their reach has been. You going to put Mata in there? Maybe. It's a good problem to have. The Penguins may have problems. They're not the Islanders, though. Jordan Eberle's hurt. They're a banged-up unit. They are slipping right now. And the Penguins have now tied them at 91 points for the second spot in the Metropolitan Division. Guys, anybody who's freaking out about this team, you got to realize this is exactly where you'd expect them to be. Did you really think they were going to win the division? That's not very Penguins. That's not what they do. The Penguins never win the division. The Penguins, when they won the Stanley Cup in 2009, they didn't win the division. The Penguins won the Stanley Cup in 2016. They didn't win the division. When they won the Stanley Cup in 2017, they didn't win the division. The Penguins have often been very good, but often been very streaky. They're not a team that wins the division. What would your expectation have been coming into the season had you thought that they weren't going to win the division? Second, right? Third, right? They're now in the second spot, and I'm thinking every day that passes, it's more likely that Pittsburgh and Carolina are going to meet in the first round. Does Carolina match up well against Pittsburgh? Yes. Are the Penguins better, though? Yeah, of course. You got to lick your chops with that one. And you got to say, if you meet Washington in the second round, flip a coin, but you'll have done everything you thought you were going to do this year. More puck with Josh Getzoff coming up in about 10 minutes here on the Crowley Show. Emmanuel Sanders, former Steeler, he's a bitch sandwich. Bitch sandwich. He had this to say on Twitter.com, quote, the two years I played with Peyton, I had 1,400 yards in 2014, which equated to a Pro Bowl bid and a top five finish followed by a 1,100-yard season in a world championship in 2015. Imagine where my career would be and talks would be about if I played with him my entire career. Apologies for the reading. It's the way that it was written. Emmanuel Sanders won with Peyton Manning because the defense was one of the best ever. Here's the reality. Peyton Manning is one of the best quarterbacks of all time, one of the best leaders universally known of all time. Tom Brady, one of the best leaders of all time, the best quarterback probably in most people, people's minds of all time. They're also both considered to be the biggest students of the game of all time. Both incredibly prepared. Both excellent leaders. I'm sure most wide receivers, when given the chance, would play with them over Ben Roethlisberger. Here's the deal. Some will use this as damning evidence. Ben is a bad leader. FYI, Sanders has gotten into it with Antonio Brown, too. Does this mean that Brown's a bad guy? I think he is. 
but now Emmanuel Sanders is on both sides of that feud. So you can't use him against Ben Roethlisberger. You can't play that card. Emmanuel Sanders thinks Ben's a bad guy. That's why A.B. left. Well, Emmanuel Sanders also thought A.B. was a bad guy. People will use it, though, in their narrative anyhow. That's how that one goes. Oh, what am I, what am I hearing now? What's that? Oh, my God, it's now time for a Rising Up report brought to you by Bone Air, a natural male enhancement needle. This is Shirtless Tom back again, checking in from the sidelines at the NCAA tournament. And, folks, we got an upset early today. That's right, the Anteaters changing up the diet. They're eating some Wildcats instead of Ants tonight. They beat Kansas State 70-64. to And look, I'm not the kind of guy that likes to toot his own horn, but this was Shirtless Tom's Take Your Shirt Off Sexiest Team of March Madness, and the UC Irvine Anteaters, well, they're marching on to the second round. Back to you guys. Of course, after I read the sponsorship, the Rising Up Report brought to you by Bone Air. Natural male enhancement needle. Anteaters, huh? It's kind of like MILF. It's what my friends called me in college. <laughs> Coming up next, how does Josh Getzoff evaluate Matt Murray's play? How good can the Penguins be when Malkin is back? Getzoff gets off with us next. It's Crowley Show. Oh. The Adam Crowley Show. Are you putting me in a position to pull a Phil Kessel or something like that right now? Is that what you're saying? I think you did pull a Phil Kessel, and now we're calling you on it like we're calling Dunlap, baby. <laughs> oh man <laughs> am i on the air right now yeah you're on the air oh i love it that's awesome uh yeah no. <laughs> adam crowley on espn pittsburgh We've got the five-minute major coming up in 21 minutes. It's a segment where we talk about hockey with hockey sounds in the background. It's innovative. It's We're the only ones doing it. Nobody else does things the same way we do. That's what we do. We bring innovation to the radio. We certainly did. Freudian there, huh? It did, huh? <laughs> we certainly do. And we will again. <laughs> Josh Getzoff joins us now from the Penguins Radio Network on the Trib Live Hotline. Mr. Getzoff, how are you today, my friend? Mr. Crowley, doing well. How are you? I'm good. Apparently our days of doing good radio are over, though, so whatever is about to happen over the course of the next 12 minutes, I apologize for. Oh, God, okay. Yeah, <laughs> trans translation, Josh, this segment's on you, buddy. you got to pull us you out you got to carry mark. it, buddy. <laughs> All right, I'll try my best. <laughs> Josh, Matt Murray last night gave up a bad goal, but over the course of the last three games... He's got a save percentage of, what is it, 9.59. And then over the last 10 games, it's like 9.40. So while he's giving up goals at inopportune times, he's also keeping the Penguins afloat. So how do you view Matt Murray's recent performances? I actually think, uh, you know, it kind of embodies how the team's been playing here recently. He's had, you know, over 60-minute game, 58 good minutes. One or two bad ones, and that unfortunately has been where a couple key goals have gone by him, including last night. But I give Murray a lot of credit because uh, despite the overtime being a little slow as far as the action on each end of the ice, uh, the shootout 
he came up huge. He stopped all three Nashville shooters and got them to win. I think overall, really, he's played extremely well. The numbers, as you mentioned, are good. Everything kind of lines up well for him. But the, the big factor, of course, this time of year is wins. And especially when goals are getting past him like they did last night on that Ryan Ellis shot, uh, I think that's kind of the stuff that makes people a little bit uneasy as far as the overall game. But as far as the saves, coming up with the big saves and making key stops at critical times for the Penguins, which he did a few times last night, and he did, of course, uh, in Carolina as well, uh, that I think that it's all kind of checking the boxes for him right now. And, uh, you know, if the Penguins can... I think play a little bit better in their own end down the stretch uh, in these games. They probably uh, maybe escape with the two points more often than not. But I do think they've kind of gone into a little bit of a shell here in these last few games, especially in the last four or five minutes of regulation, and it's bit them in the behind. Josh Getzoff joining us here on the Crowley Show. I think it's a good point. I think that's fair. I think that late in games they do tend to get into a shell, and you see them. Instead of trying to push the play, although they did at times last night in the third period, and really against Carolina they did too, but you see at times they're trying to dump the puck to center and they kind of get out of what they do. But beyond that, I think the team is playing as well as you could expect them to play without a guy like Evgeny Malkin. They're still doing a lot of little things well. They are. And you know what the interesting thing is? I mean, you look at last night, that Nashville team is really good. Uh, And obviously the Penguins have a very good team too. And they were probably right there with them. Obviously, they won. They were probably the better team as well throughout the 60-plus minutes in the game. And that's without a getting off, as you mentioned. So uh, I think that's encouraging. You look at the big picture that points in nine of the last ten games, that's also encouraging. They're now tied for a potential situation where they could have home ice in the first round of the playoffs. That's extremely encouraging because uh, everyone would rather them start at home, I'm sure, including the players if they had the option. So, you know, I, I think these are all things that are trending in the right direction. And really now in March, I mean, it, it hasn't been as uh, dominating a month of March as I think we've seen from them in years past, which has really gotten everyone excited as far as the results are concerned because of some of these lone leads late. But as far as their overall play, it has been fairly dominating, and it has been uh, fairly strong on the overall team perspective. And I, I'm encouraged by what I've seen here, especially over the last week or so. And when they've had these meltdowns, you know, they, they uh, got out of it last night. And maybe it took three times for them to sure. swing things in the right way. Uh, but they did. And now they're in, uh, I think, a pretty good position here to end this round trip on a really high note with, a, you know, another team competing for their playoff lives in Dallas and then a team way out of it but tricky in New York on Monday. Oh, and that's what I'm – really buoyed by now in terms of as a penguins fan you watch them against carolina that third period and man they had their chances to put that one away and they had their chances last night they have had them against philadelphia they're doing all this without gino josh gets off joining us here on the crowley show i'll tell you what i love not even just like josh maybe hyperbole i love it i love bukestad and hornquist man and i'll tell you what dominic simone he was excellent last night that line they had the puck it seemed like the entire time they were on the ice no matter what shift it was i think that was the best game nick bukestad played as a penguin last night that was uh he was how about his uh just controlling the puck in the offensive zone he had a couple of those chances that you mentioned earlier late in the third before nashville tied it just a he was a beast in getting the puck to the net and getting the opportunities and i'm with you i really like that line with hornquist and simone it feels like that they finally have found a spot for Dominic Simone, a guy that has kind of bounced up and down the lineup and really has been, quite frankly, not noticeable for a lot of the season on the ice. But I think, you know, when you see it, 
uh, now with this group, he, he has been. He's played really well. I mean, I give him a lot of credit. He's definitely just upped his game that those three have played extremely well together. But it comes down to the big thing now. I mean, when you look at the last five games, the Penguins have five goals. So, or four games, yeah. excuse me. The Penguins have four goals. So, uh, and not counting the shootout winner last night, obviously. So, you know, that, that to me is a little bit concerning, and it's great to see the pressure. Uh, but now with seven games left in the season, you want to start to see the production as well. And, and I, I do think that if they do what they did last night continuously, it doesn't take anyone who watches this game long to know that they're going to produce because they're doing all the right things. But uh, eventually you want to see that start happening. We know Patrick Hornquist's uh, scoring woes this year at times have been well-documented. Simone yeah. went 21 games without a goal. Uh, Bukestad's been pretty strong since he's come on board, and maybe that's what those guys needed as far as uh, those starting up being together. But I'm with you. I think they're playing really well. It just needs to now be the next step as far as actually putting up the points. Yeah, and I think it'll come the more chances that they get, and they've been generating some good chances and some good zone time. You talk about scoring depth. You get a goal last night from Brian Rust, and, man, the way he started the season up until late December, he wasn't producing. He was he was getting there, but he wasn't producing, and then once he got that hat trick, all of a sudden things took off, then he got hurt, and yet he still got 18 goals on the season. You add him back to the lineup, and not only can he help the top line, if they put him down on the third line, he can help there. We saw him play with Kessel and Malkin before as well. He's great on the penalty kill. That's the kind of production you need. That's the kind of guy you need as the playoffs get closer. I think he's huge coming back into the lineup. No question. I I mean, I I think last year was something when he came back that uh, the Penguins won 10 of their first 11 games when he came back from injury, and this year they're on pace to do a similar kind of thing with how they've been playing here since he's come back in the lineup. So he definitely makes a a difference. There's no question about it. And I think the biggest reason is what you just mentioned. He can play anywhere, and he can play in any kind of situation, and he can give you a pretty good minutes and, uh, you know, not even occasionally, pretty frequently give you uh, scoring opportunities, as we saw last night. I mean, that's just knowledge with what he was doing right there. There wasn't anything scientific about his play right there last night. The score just went to the net. I think Chris Letang actually intended to put the puck on his stick there. I don't think that was really truly a shot from Letang. It's almost more of like a snap pass kind of thing. Uh, and it worked out. Russ was able to score, and um, that was a huge goal. But you're right. I mean, he has 18 goals. If he stays with Sid and Jake down the stretch here, not unrealistic to think he's going to finish with 20, which would give the Penguins another 20-goal scorer. Uh, and that gives, obviously, more depth to their scoring attack. I mean, he's a guy, when you look at who the best fit is with those two, I still don't know if when you come time for the playoffs, and I, I guess a lot of this really depends on what happens with Simone, Hornquist, and Bukestad, but playoff time, I still don't know if Patrick Hornquist is not the best answer up there on the right wing uh, sure. with Jake and Sid. But uh, right now, when, when you're trying to get these points to get into that time of year and, and have the right to play for the Cup, yeah, maybe Brian Rust is the best answer right now, and I, I like what he's doing. I like what that line's doing. We all know that uh, Crosby and Gensel have, have really put the Penguins on their backs here over the last few months, and it's nice to see other guys start to contribute, and, and hopefully Rust is a guy that kind of leads a wave of that happening after what he did last night. The Penguins absolutely simplified their game in the outdoor game, and they were playing with four defensemen, and then from that time till now, you're not seeing as many odd man breaks, and... I got it a couple of times on Twitter, a couple of listeners saying, man, they tend to play a little bit more of a simple style of hockey without Chris Letang. Yeah, get the hell out of here with that. Uh, Chris Letang, these last couple of games, coming back from a neck injury, when he dealt with a neck injury last year, and he's dealt with injuries throughout his career, 
He is every bit as good right now as he was before he got hurt. And he was, in my opinion, an absolute Norris Trophy finalist. When he's in the lineup, it changes everything on the back end, and it really helps out. Without Malkin, having that guy be able to be that one-man breakout, having that guy able to play 27 minutes almost half the game and, and help some of that offensive attack as well, it's just been huge. Yeah, they, to your point, Adam, they play a simpler game, and I agree with you without uh, Crystal Tang, and I agree with the fan perspective on that too, but they do because there's no one that can play like Crystal Tang. You're not... You don't have anyone that can open up the team uh, as far as the one-man breakout, can give you the speed and the agility that Lutang has, can give you the offensive side of things that Lutang has. I know Schultz can to a degree, but no one can do it to the level of Chris Tang, especially with how he's playing right now. I mean, he's been out of his mind this entire season. Sidney Crosby is the Penguins' MVP. I don't think there's any question about that. But Latang's 1B. I mean, he's right behind him as far as how much he's meant to this team this yeah. season. That's been an incredible turnaround for him after – a pretty up-and-down year last year where he was very critical of himself going into the offseason. I've been impressed with him, you know, watching him pretty frequently and having conversations with him about just the, the unbelievable competitive nature of him and the willingness to get better every single day, game and every night. I know that sounds cliche, but you watch this guy, I'm sure you have. I know Shirtless Tom has the workout videos in the offseason uh, as far as how crazy <laughs> he is. But he is, he, you know, he, he's a psycho in the gym, and, and it works out well on the ice. And I've been... Uh, I've been amazed by it, seeing how he's turned it around this year. And he, when he's back, as you mentioned, you notice it immediately. He does so many things uh, with and without the puck. He adds a whole other layer of speed to the Penguins lineup. And obviously, when you can get production from your back end, it makes you all that much more dangerous, as we've seen with the last couple of teams here in these recent games the Penguins have played. I mean, two of the highest-scoring teams defensively in the National Hockey League in Nashville and St. Louis. And both of those teams had defense and factor into the contest. So, uh, when you, you can see, you know, those are two teams in playoff positioning. It's, it's not a coincidence. Chris Letang helps the Penguins on that front. He helps them on a lot of fronts, and it's very relieving, I think, for a lot of people that he's back. Last couple of things here for Josh Getzoff on the Crowley Show. We touched on Patrick Hornquist. We have not yet touched on Chris, or pardon me, on Phil Kessel. Kessel, last night, he had five shot attempts when he was flying down the wing on the pseudo breakaway. Pecorine did get a little piece of that with the blocker there. It's frustrating for Phil, I know, but it looks like it's still there. I think the last thing that's missing is the finish. Now, he's done some things recently and sometimes on the power play that make you say, oh, my God, what the hell is this guy doing right now? He's turned the puck over a lot. But I thought last night was a huge step in the right direction. I really do. I mean, all you want to do is see the guy shoot, right? I mean, that's, that's it. That's what comes down to it. He is, he's a great playmaker. I'm not taking anything away from that. It's great when he makes passes, but when he hasn't scored at the frequency that we're accustomed to, you want to see him shoot the puck, and that's exactly what he did last night. So in that sense, I agree with you. I mean, there were multiple opportunities. Forky and I watching that game in the booth, I think we're ready to, to jump up on multiple occasions when he was coming down the wing because it has a, that look of a – Kessel, you know, down the wing, snaps one over the shoulder. The goalie has no idea where the puck even went uh, type of look to it. And I give Rene a lot of credit because he made some big saves. You mentioned the one he got a piece of. I also recall one in the second where he kicked out his pad. Uh, that was an incredible save as well uh, in tight on Kessel. So, you know, he's getting his opportunities. And if he shoots the puck like that, we all know what Pecorine did in the playoffs against the Penguins, and we all know his history of big games. But the fact of the matter is he is a very good goalie overall. Uh, and you're not going to face a Pecorine every single night. So if he's going to shoot those 
uh, the puck the way he did last night uh, consistently, you know, four or five shots a game. With those kind of opportunities, there's no doubt they're going to start falling for him, and uh, hopefully that begins in Dallas tomorrow night. Josh, appreciate the time. As always, you on the call in Dallas tomorrow? I am near. I'm here right now. Beautiful Dallas, Texas. Well, everything's bigger in Texas. That's so lame. Just enjoy. <laughs> I wish yeah. I. Didn't, I wish I didn't say that. Enjoy your time, and we'll talk to you soon, buddy. Have a great call. Okay. Thanks, Adam. <laughs> everything's bigger in Texas, really. See you at the game. <laughs> Josh Getzoff, Trip Live Hotline, Penguins Radio Network. For the last time. I hope the laughs for the joke are bigger in Texas. <laughs> You ain't getting any right here. Why the hell did I say that? He's a star that Josh gets off, and he'll call the stars in the Penguin. That would have even been better. I'm just glad you didn't break into the stars at night or big and bright. <laughs> Down in the heart of Texas. When we come back, if I haven't thrown myself off the balcony here at Carson City Saloon, got a line combination which may be key to the Penguins making a run. It's the five-minute major. A combination and a key. Oh, stuff's about to get unlocked. Yeah, it is. Down in the heart of Texas. I hear the locks are bigger down there. It's a Crowley show. The Adam Crowley show. What is that? It's, there's some still. Oh, there's some still stuck to my mouth. Get rid of it. I can't, it's awful. Okay, uh, <laughs> should we, uh, I heard a little bit of Harry Carey. Uh, uh, <laughs> Adam Crowley uh, on ESPN Pittsburgh. We are live, as we always are. But we're live from Carson City Saloon. Bud Light Happy Hour coming up in about an hour and 18 minutes. March Madness going on. This place is jumping, and it's jumping because there's a two seed that might be in trouble. There is a one seed that was in trouble. You know what? I'm not going to do it this way. <laughs> it's time for the Rise and Up Report, brought to you by Bone Air with Shirtless Tom. Bone Air is a natural male enhancement needle. <laughs> Shirtless Tom reporting live from the NCAA tournament where history is looking to repeat itself as Virginia tries to untangle themselves from Gardner's web. Looks like they're going to be successful. They're up 52 to 41 on the running Bulldogs right now. Cavaliers and Tony Bennett, not the singer, looking to slide their way through to the second round where they'll face somebody. I don't know. I don't have a bracket in front of me because I'm live courtside right now. I can smell Tony Bennett's cologne. He smells terrible. He's been sweating through his shirt all day. Really stressful times out here for Virginia, but it looks like they're going to go through. That was the Rising Up Report. And, of course, you know it's brought to you by Bone Air. That's Bone Air, a natural male enhancement needle. Back to you guys. There is also a two-seed that is in jeopardy. We now go back to Shirtless Tom for the Rising Up Report, brought to you by Bone Air, a natural male enhancement needle. Shirtless Tom back with you live for the Rising Up Report at a different NCAA March Madness tournament game now. 
That's right, it's Tennessee and Colgate in what a lot of people are calling a rivalry as old as time. They try to clean the teeth of the Volunteers, but it looks like old Smokey is going to get the last laugh in this one. Tennessee up five heading down the stretch. We'll keep an eye on this one, though. A lot of plaque on those dentures. We'll see if Colgate can get in there and finish the job. But this reporter's got to tell you, his money's on the Volunteers. That was a bonus second Rising Up report brought to you by Bone Air. That's Bone Air, the natural male enhancement. Needle, back to you. Tom, we're going to need to come back out to you. I've got a follow-up question. Shirtless Tom live on the scene of an NCAA tournament game for a bonus follow-up question in the Rising Up report. Tom, is there any word on whether Colgate is actually affiliated with the toothpaste company, and are the Tennessee Volunteers legitimately scared of them? I can confirm that Colgate is involved with the toothpaste company. There's four out of five dentists on their bench right now. They all approve of their play so far, whether or not they win or lose. And I forget the second question. Can you ask that again? I forgot the second question as well. You were All right, it's loud out here. Sorry about that one. That was the follow-up question edition of the Rising Up Report, and it's brought to you by Bone Air, a natural male enhancement. Needle. Back to you guys. Wow. In depth. That is as good as it's going to get journalistically surrounding the NCAA tournament. I saw a really cool slash maybe altered video slash photograph of Tracy Wolfson standing next to a six foot or a seven foot six dude <laughs> and I thought to myself yikes it is now time for the five minute major it's time to get fucked up with some of the best damn hockey talk on the planet you go to the box you know uh, you feel shame you know and then you get free. This is the five minute major with Adam Crowley. Bukestad and Hornquist work. Actually, let me back up for a second here. Let me back up just for a second here. The five minute major, if you don't know what it is, it is a segment where we talk about hockey, specifically the Pittsburgh Penguins. And there are hockey sounds in the background. Not only are we the only radio station in town giving you live reports from March Madness, but we're also the only station in the world to give you hockey sounds behind hockey talk. Bukestad and Hornquist work. And how about a hand for Dominic Simone? Woo, Dominic. I'll tell you what, that line had the puck the whole damn night. Bukestad and Hornquist each had five shots on goal. Hornquist He's going to break that five-on-five five streak. It's been 28 games since he scored, but he's really helping the team right now. He does a lot well defensively. He's a bull with the puck. The Penguins use that line, Bukestad, Simone, and Hornquist, as a de facto second line, and they were dominant. That line, numbers time, held an 18-4 edge in five-on-five five shot attempts. 18-4 and a 9-1 lead in scoring chances, also a 5-0 advantage in high-danger scoring chances. So that line was the Penguins' second line without Evgeny Malkin. They were outstanding last night. And I'll tell you what, Josh Getzoff said it before, Bukestad played his best game as a Penguin last night. Overall, the last four or five games playing his best hockey as a Penguin. He's great at creating different shot angles, and he's tough to get the puck off of. Same thing with the other two. They're all good 
at holding on to pucks, being confident with pucks, and taking it in the offensive zone. When Malkin comes back, imagine if this is the line combos. Gensel, Crosby, and Rust. McCann, Malkin, and Kessel. McCann can be the defensive conscious, the puck retriever on that line. You could have Simone, Bukestad, and Hornquist. And then on the fourth line, Aston Reese, who was so good on that second line, could be paired with Cullen and Wilson. That's pretty, 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 pretty good. Kessel, I thought was close last night. Had five shot attempts, a breakaway down the wall, which he loves, and we all love to see. He was set up by Sid, couldn't finish. He looked like Kessel last night. Just didn't find a way to bury one. Biggest play, though, and biggest upset. Not in the NCAA tournament, not my tournament, and it is mine now. The media tournament where I overtook Colin Stinkin' Dunlap. No, the biggest upset that we've seen was Phil Kessel having to line up as a D-man in the three-on-three. And he did it. He did it. They didn't score, and in fact, he took the puck away. He looked like Chris friggin' Latang. Speaking of Christopher Latang. Christopher Latang. That's what Pierre Maguire calls him. He played 27 minutes. About half the game. He commanded overtime. And the team generated 60% of the shot share when he was on the ice. His pass to Rust. Daddy, it was nasty. Just nasty. I know the Penguins played well without him. But use your eyes. They're different when he's out there controlling everything. Speaking of Rust, and speaking of you hearing shots hit the pipe behind me, because it's the... There, there's another one right there, because it is the five-minute major where we play hockey sounds while we're talking about hockey. His goal was a gorgeous finish. The puck was whistled to him. I mean, that thing had some zip to it. He got it, gets to his backhand, puts it behind Pecorine, who's leaky, leaky Pekka. He also kills penalties. He's got 18 goals on the year, yet he only had one in late December and is just coming back from a 10-game hiatus. They really, they missed him. He and McCann to me, they're similar. They can shoot, they can scoot, they can play up and down the lineup. Those two, it's tough to replace them. Maddup is due back any day now. He will flex Pedersen out of the lineup unless he doesn't. I'm not sure I would do that. If Pedersen is your 7th D-man, though, you've got a great team. If Mata's your 7th D-man, you've got a great team. And spoiler alert, hate to be this guy. Jack Johnson's not going to come out of the lineup because Jack Johnson, he and Justin Schultz, it's like Brokeback Mountain. The relationship those two have, it's tremendous. Whoa. It's a great relationship. Can you elaborate okay. on it a little bit? What yeah, is, it's 2019. Are they bunking in a tent? Are they what? Bunking in a tent? They're bunking in a tent together. <laughs> my, my hand was floating over the dumb button there. I said bunking. <laughs> I'm bunking in a tent. Are they bunking in a tent? It is 2019, guys. I am just trying to make sure that people accept that the way that I do. That people can bunk in tents. Correct. You and can bunk any with anyone you want to. I do. agree. Yeah. Top bunk, bottom bunk. I've always been a bottom bitch. Let me tell you, boys. <laughs> Let me tell you. Pedersen, he's going to stay in the lineup, as does Jack Johnson. He and Schultz have been great. In fact, they bunk together. 
Now for a standings update. You've never heard that on radio before. The Jackets. They lost to the Oilers last night. you got to be kidding me there. I mean, you got to be freaking kidding me. The Jackets are fighting to get into the playoffs. They're fighting for their freaking playoff lives, and they're playing an Oilers team that is all but mailed it in that only has two good players. That's it. Two. That's it. Two. Two good players. They lost, and now the Jackets are on the outside of the playoffs looking in. If the Jackets are to make the playoffs, they're going to have to play Tampa in the first round. They're either going to miss or they're going to play one of the best teams we've ever seen in the history of the league. The Isles lost last night. So the Penguins, they now sit in second place. Tied with the Isles. Four points up on Carolina. Seven up on Columbus. And six up now on the new seed. The new eight seed, Montreal. March. Of the Penguins. Hashtag. Shirtless Tom. TM. ST. That was... The five-minute major. Can I ask you guys a question? Always. Bunking means to sleep. Oh. Was that it? No. Okay. No, what was the question then? Sorry. Are you guys sick of the ridiculous energy bills you've been paying all winter? Oh, Oh, yeah, those, yeah. They're getting worse and worse. I was just complaining to Tom about it today. He was. And even today, it's it's wild. You had some rain, some snow, some hail, some sleet. You're getting it all. Only mailmen are going out in this. You need a special kind of window to keep your home safe. You sure do. It's time to finally invest in a cozy home. Universal Windows Direct's windows are specially made to perform in our unpredictable climate. From day to day and within the day, things get weird here. Their windows last up to five times longer than other windows. Other windows use traditional metal spacers, which conduct more <laughs> heat. And, you know, they conduct more cold, and they break down faster. So Fake windows. Get yeah, lame. the best windows for your home within your budget. They perform better. They last longer. Windows from Universal Windows Direct will reduce the drafts in your home. They'll keep your home cooler in the summer. And they'll keep them warmer in the winter. Oh, yeah. That's and what you want them to do. That's the sweet spot. That's, that's, that's what you're paying for. And you know what? Windows from Universal Windows Direct, they'll save you money. Because right now, every window you buy, you get the next window free. There's no limits. And it's 0% financing for 36 months. Plus, they back it up with a true lifetime warranty for as long as you own your home. 30 years. Next homeowner. Call to schedule your free in-home estimate today. Call 412-222-5200 or go to UniversalWindowsDirect.com. And like me, you'll be saying what? I love my windows. I love my windows. I love my windows. So much. Coming up next, a former Steeler went off on Kevin Colbert and Ben (gasps) Roethlisberger. Again? Wait, again? (laughs) So I'm going to shove it up his ass. Whoa. Hey, no bunking on the program. Crowley Show.